0: Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. We have been looking for several weeks on the spiritual roots of our physical conditions, our mental conditions. We've been looking at what has been going on in our lives. And we've been emphasizing that it's our responsibility to recognize the indwelling sin to recognize the operation of enemy spirits and how the enemy has has lured us in through sin and deception so that we can we recognize what's going on take responsibility for it not pointing the finger and blaming other people but taking responsibility not only for ourselves but in our family line in our generations and then also we are renouncing those things and we are removing it out of our lives And as we are calling things sin that are sin, we're not confusing and calling light darkness and darkness light, but we're calling sin, sin, and we're saying we don't want anything to do with us in our lives. And we've been practicing the principle of separation, learning to distinguish between the person and the words, between the person and the thoughts and the attitudes, and even We're understanding that all those thoughts that we have in our own minds are not all ours. But many of them have been planted by our enemy trying to separate us from the love of God and trying to separate us from one another. And so we have been breaking all kinds of agreement with with sin and with enemy spirits. I think that's a wonderful thing, to break agreement with the enemy. And so we've been breaking agreement with unforgiveness, with broken heart, with bitterness, with accusation, with jealousy and envy. And unloving spirits, fear, and last week we broke agreement with the spirits of rejection. And so tonight we're going to break agreement with the spirits of occultism. Isn't that a good thing to break agreement with? Absolutely. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We want to expose hidden works of darkness so that we can break and fall out of agreement. As I've been telling you over over and over because we learn by repetition if you recognize these things in your life don't get feeling bad and guilty just fall out of agreement with it just refuse to agree with that envy and jealousy refuse to agree with that rejection or accusation just say i'm not agreeing with that anymore and just and determine to walk free in a whole new way don't even think it's good to repent often i do i do You know what? When God shows you something going on in your life, it's like, let's just just decide we're going to agree with God and not agree with our enemy. Boy, if I could get Christians to quit agreeing with the devil, this would be good. (laughs) But start agreeing with what God has said. Amen? And I want to encourage you. You know, we are working at our own salvation. You know, there's nobody here who's got 100% all together. This afternoon I was breaking agreement with some spirits that I knew had been harassing me for a while. Falling out of agreement with that stuff. And you get before God and saying, God, I'm rejecting this and I'm receiving your truth. I'm receiving your love. That's why I like the prophetic word tonight and the way that was going all about. the It's the truth. Jesus taught it was the truth that's going to set us free, right? So as God keeps exposing darkness and shining his light... It's making it clear so we can reject darkness and we can embrace light. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, it says, No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness whose end will be according to their deeds. I'm here to tell you that past involvement or current involvement with occult practices can prevent your healing. You can be doing all the things right, but if you've got this in operation, it can stand in the way of you getting healed. And we want you to remove everything that might cause, might prevent your healing. The word occult is a word that means hidden. If you've ever had, uh, like if you've gone to, to um, do a stool sample for the doctor, they're looking for occult blood. They're looking for what is hidden on the inside, that which is not readily obvious. So we talk about the occult. We're talking about spiritually hidden things that have tried to disguise themselves and pass themselves off as legit, as good, as noble, because even Satan will disguise himself as an angel of light. You know, when the devil comes in, he doesn't always come in with, you know, the, the red pitchfork and the horns, right? With a big sign over his head that says, here I am. Instead, he will try to slip in and be sneaky and try to get in through deception and try to get people to fall for what he's whispering or what he's saying and what he's doing. And unfortunately, there is a widespread deception we're seeing in lots of places, including unfortunately inside of God's church. So tonight, we're going to look at some things to expose the work of deception so that you and I can get rid of it and get it out of our family line. It is the fear of death, dying, and disease that drives occultism. What causes people to get involved in the occult? Fear. It's fear of death. It's people, you know, all of the, the um, occultic people who are involved in the occult are always interested in immortality, interested in extending their lives to living long. There's also a desire, a sense for power to be in control of your circumstances, to no longer be a victim. And so there is the need to be in control of one's destiny. You know, a person who is involved in the occult is not trusting God to take care of things, but wants to bring manners into their own hands. And so you have people, if it's not working through natural means, they start looking for some type of supernatural means to make things work because they're not trusting God. Needing to know, needing to know is behind Divination where people want to know the future they want to know what's going on i mean all you gotta do is turn on television and see all the the tv shows and things coming up people want to know the future they want to know things that are hidden from their sight hidden from their understanding and then there is the need to control people involved in witchcraft and sorcery are involved in needing to control and so they get into they want to control the future they want to control You know their health, their finances, they want to control the weather, they want to control other people, dominate. And you don't have to be actively involved in what is publicly called witchcraft to be operating in witchcraft. There are plenty of charismatic witches. And these are people, many of them are in deacon boards. And they are in places of responsibility in the church where they are trying to enforce and dominate and manipulate their will upon other people that is a form of witchcraft it's trying to control other people we might be unaware that we have involved that we have gotten engaged in occult practices because these things are slippery they're not as blatant out there as you always might expect so sometimes you know there may be some things that as we're going along it may be a little bit of a surprise to you to find out that is a cult in its origin or a cult in its practices. But you know what? I'm not going to, we're not going to be going really in deep to 19,000 forms of practices tonight, but we're going to look at an overview of the principles behind that and then trust that as you work out your own salvation, there'll be things the Spirit of God will put his finger on in your life and in mine. How many of you know to talk about that as you go with God, that sometimes he puts his finger and says, they may, but you may not, Right? As you go with God, there are things that you used to do, used to get involved with, and he says, okay, we're stopping that now. And that's a good thing because the Father proves that we're his children when he chastens us, right? All that discipline, it's not any fun at the time, but God brings it up to us at the point when we're ready to understand so that we're ready to be done with it, amen? I don't want to be accidentally involved with the enemy, do you? Of course not. You know, and as I said, because these things can be disguised, they can look good on the surface. They can look even helpful on the surface. But we're not interested on what's on the surface. We're interested in who's behind it, who's the source behind it. Because I don't want to be entertaining angels that are disguised, you know, uh, Satan being disguised as an angel. All right? You remember the parable that Jesus taught about the wheat and the tares? And he said that they were all sowed into the same field. And when they began to grow up, you couldn't tell the difference between them, could you? When they grew up side by side, a tear, which is a weed, or a wheat, which was the beneficial crop, right? All together they looked the same. And you couldn't tell until they were mature. When they mature, the wheat bows its head, it bends with the weight of the grain. The tear is proud and erect when it's mature. Isn't that interesting? The more we become like Jesus, the more humility will mark us. The more that people get involved in the occult, the more pride marks them. And uh, the occult feeds pride, particularly people who love to have special knowledge inside information. You know, there's a, many people have that need to know it's being fed also by the unloving spirit that I'm not valuable or worthwhile if I don't have that little piece of information everybody wants to have. There's something that strokes the ego of a psychic, you know, because here comes all the people coming to them for the answer. And that's why we caution and warn prophetic people not to be identified with your gifting, but allow yourself to be seen as a son or daughter of God and have relationships with people outside of your gifting so that you don't fall into that same temptation of, well, I have to be the answer man or I have to be the answer woman. You know, it's like we don't allow people to put us in that position because it's a dangerous place we don't want to fall down from. Let's turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy 18. We're going to look at some of the specific things that the Lord mentions, some things He addresses. And go into a little bit of explanation of what he's talking about. Deuteronomy 18, starting with verse 9. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. He's talking about child sacrifice here. A lot of the occult activities of these nations was if it wasn't working out in your favor, you sacrifice your kid. You know, you burn them, you stab them, whatever, because you want to have a good crop next year or because you want your enemies to be defeated. Human sacrifice has been prevalent in many of the Canaanite nations and we've seen it in other nations on the earth. You know, one thing that God says is it never entered his heart to ask his people to do such a thing. That's an absolute abomination. And so he says, There will be nobody in Israel who makes their son or daughter pass the fire, or one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners." but as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. I mean, God's very clear that one reason he was cleaning out the Canaanites was because of their witchcraft, because of their occult activity. He says, they've just violated spiritual law left and right, so I'm going to clean it out and I'm going to give it to you, but make sure that you don't fall into the same trap. Do you remember the story of Balaam? Remember, Balaam was the was a false prophet who was called by the king to curse the army, to curse the people of Israel. And remember, he tried a few times, and and he was unsuccessful because he said, you know, I can't curse whom the Lord has blessed. But what Balaam did was he taught them how to get Israel cursed. If you'll get them involved in intermarriage with pagan people, God himself will curse them. You see, there's a lot of things, folks, we're blaming on the devil, that sometimes, folks, it's just our own fault. There's some stuff, you know, we've opened up and we've gotten ourselves involved in. But God is here to expose these things so we can repent and get free. Aren't you glad God gives us second chances, third chances, fourth chances, et cetera, et cetera. So in the midst of all this list of, of forbidden pagan practices, I've narrowed it down into several categories. One category is enchantments, and that's also used in your King James Version, enchantments. Enchantments is the practice of dealing with magical arts using incantations or rituals. It's using spells and charms. Enchantments. Then there's also witchcraft, wizardry, and spiritism. This is the practice of dealing with evil spirits, including mediums. Mediums are those who claim to contact and talk to the dead. They're actually involved with a um, familiar spirit. A familiar spirit is one that is familiar to the witch. It's one that's familiar to the medium. It's the one that gives them the information from the other side, as they call it. It's one that, that's their means, that's their communication channel. Isn't it interesting that when the New Agers talk about channeling, that's what they're talking about. As An evil spirit has come in and mixed in with them and is giving them information that they didn't have any other way of knowing. It's the counterfeit to the prophetic. So witchcraft, wizardry, and spiritism is dealing with evil spirits. Then we have the category of sorcery. Sorcery is the practice of dealing with evil spirits and pharmakia. Pharmakia is one of the root words for sorcery. It means pharmacy, it means drugs, it means uh, compounds and potions. How many of you have ever heard of certain groups of people that, as part of their spiritual adventure or enlightenment, they take drugs. They take peyote. They take LSD. They take whatever, something, hallucinogenics, something because they, they're using that as a part of what they call a spiritual experience, to have a spiritual encounter, all right? But isn't it interesting that the Bible says that sorcery is pharmakia. It's the exact same word that we get pharmacy from, exact same word we get pharmaceuticals from. Isn't that interesting? Did you know... That there is a connection between taking prescription drugs or illegal drugs and a spirit of pharmacia. There is a connection. When think about this, when God talked to the Israelites about what was necessary for their healing, did he tell them to go down to the corner drugstore and get a bottle of Tylenol? What did God talk to them? What did God talk to them about how to get healed? He talked about repentance, he talked about doing right didn't he? You know, there are, there are, the other nations had highly developed parts of occultic, you know, things. It was like you take this potion and this spell and you tie this around your neck and you do this and that and you'll ward off the evil spirits and you'll get healed. That same type of spirit is behind a lot of the stuff that we're seeing in our country, what's going on with both prescription and illegal drugs. Now, I'll get back on that in just a few moments. Another source of occultism, of these pagan practices, is soothsaying. This is the pagan counterpart to prophecy. Soothsayers are those who predict the future in a stream, a flow, just like we would talk about for the prophetic. What's the difference? The difference is the source. The source is not the Spirit of God. The source is another spirit. Then there's divination. Divination. Divination is prying into the future by means of magical arts, superstitious incantations, fortune tellers, tarot cards, reading tea leaves. This is divination. Then we have necromancy. Y'all been seeing the commercial on TV for the necromancer, for the medium? It's commercial. This woman who claims to speak to the dead, you know. You know, it's... I'm telling you what, the occult has made prime time in the last number of years. This stuff is on there. You know, on the surface, what's so sad about that is the people who get snared by that, they think, oh, good, somebody can talk to Aunt Sally and tell me how Aunt Sally's doing. And let my grandpa know that I still, or whatever, you know. People are looking for comfort. They're looking for reassurance. And so they go get involved with necromancers, with mediums, hoping that somebody will connect their dead relative and kind of tell them what's going on. And, you know, the thing is that because the necromancer or the medium is involved with an evil spirit, that evil spirit does know some things. That evil spirit might have been inhabiting Aunt Sally <laughs> and knows all kinds of things about Aunt Sally that no other way could the medium know. But you see, that's not the Spirit of God. It looks good on the surface. It looks like it provides comfort to people. But the truth is, what it does is it feeds them something good with a little bit of poison to bring them into further deception and bondage. And it comes to where, you know, when we were in... um When Greg, my brother Greg, and I were in Buenos Aires several years ago, it was um, it was a beautiful spring day. It was November this time, but in south of the border, it was warm. And we were outside on the weekend, and they had all of these booths set up in this outdoor park area, and they had all kinds of arts and crafts and things like that for sale. And we went by a row of twelve tarot card readers and fortune tellers. They all had a little card table set up, you know, and have somebody sitting there, you know, for a certain price. You know, they'll read your fortune or do whatever. And as he and I were walking past that group of people to go back to the hotel, my attention was drawn to this poor little lady. There was some woman who was sitting there, and you could see on her face she was she was hurting. She was so hopeful that somebody could tell her something good and I just felt so sorry that the deception, I thought how much money has this lady put on these fortune tellers? How many times has she come in hoping to hear a word of encouragement, a word of comfort about whatever's going on inside of her life? Of course, you know, they all speak Spanish and I don't, so I really couldn't do much for it except I prayed for it as we walked by. And you know, I've seen that same thing. I've, I've seen people, I've been in the beauty shop and hear people talking about they don't make a move without calling their psychic, you know? And spend all kinds of money on this stuff, you know. And I really feel bad because, you know, they think that a good service is being provided. But what it's doing is leading them further and further away from Jesus Christ and further and further into the bonds of deception. Prognostication. Prognostication is foretelling by indications, omens, or signs this falls in the category of astrology. People will do your astrological chart and you were born of the sign of. People are saying, what were you born of the sign of? Say, the hospital. <laughs> 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 what were you born under the sign of? The sign of the cross, you know? You know, I don't buy into that. I was born of the sign of whatever. I just tear down those words. I'm not receiving that kind of judgment over my life. No way. I was born under the sign of the cross. Prognostication is also telling by um, indications and omens. You know, you watch the movie and the black crow flies by and someone says, oh, it's an evil omen. You know, there are some people, they see an omen in everything. It doesn't matter what, you know, the the, um, the light flickered, oh, it's an omen, you know, it doesn't matter. And there are prognosticators who purport to receive hidden occult information because of these types of of events. These prognosticators are those also the Bible refers to as observing the times. Observing the times. It has to do with astrology. There's also in the occult practices forbidden is magic. Magic is an all kind of inclusive term that has to do with any kind of supernatural act or practice. And there are some people who try to make distinctions between white magic and black magic. White magic supposedly is beneficial magic. It's supposed to help people, you know, get them healed, bring them money, get them a job. You know, their uh, love spells and things like that. And black magic is supposed to be harmful in that it's trying to hurt people, destroy things, destroy whatever. The truth is, all magic is evil. There's not a white or black to it. It's just one is by the angel of light and one is by the angel of darkness. You know, the root is the same. Anytime people are getting into magic, they're wanting to control something. Control the weather, control the finances, control, you know, the potential love object or whatever it's trying to control. In Acts chapter 19, it speaks of a time when the Word of God was being preached. And it says in Acts 19 verse 18, Many also of those who had believed kept coming confessing and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. And they counted up the price of them and found it, 50,000 pieces of silver. Folks, let me tell you, if you've got occult stuff back home, don't sell it at a garage sale. Don't put it on eBay. Put it out in the backyard in a bin somewhere and set fire to it. I have heard of more than one account where people had things that did not want to burn. And it's because there was some kind of a force that did not want that thing. If you've got a Ouija board at your house, you need to take it outside and set fire to it. You know, sometimes people have a hard time partying because they invested hundreds and thousands of dollars in that jewelry, in those artifacts, in those books, in those things. Folks, it is not worth you getting sick and dying over it's not worth it. It's not worth what kind of spirits those things will attract into your house or attract into your family. You know what? Let's do like the people did in the book of Acts. Let's just have a big bonfire. You know, I've heard at churches every now and then. They'll do a series. They'll teach on this. And man, people would just go home and clean out the closet, bring bring it all in and just set fire to it. You know, I think that's a glorious thing. I think the Lord loves that kind of sacrifice. What are some common occult practices? Okay, it's kind of hard if you look at this and you say, well, you know, we don't really, you know, I don't know anybody that makes their son or daughter pass through the fire, and I don't know anybody that really casts spells, and I don't really know anybody that calls up, you know, evil spirits, but there may be some things that maybe you are a little more familiar with. In our society, Ouija boards are quite common. When I was a child, they were... They were said to be a child's game. My aunt bought one for me and my cousin, and we played it until we contacted something. Scared the snot out of us. Got rid of it, dropped it, and it wasn't until years later my brother tried to set fire to it. It took him a while to get that thing to burn. It wouldn't burn. took him a while, but he did get it burned. You know, I mean, we didn't know. We thought, oh, it'll be just a fun game, just fun thing. You know, didn't know, because Ouija board is trying to Contact Spirit Realm and find out information. Shamanism, including medicine men. We have a lot of uh, Native Americans people. A lot of their practices. You got any dream catchers at home? You know those little things that people hang up in their house? Those are a cult. I know they look kind of cute and everything, but they're a cult. You need to know what's the root. What is that thing? There are people who... They came home from foreign lands, and they brought these little souvenirs with them. Didn't know what they brought home until somebody else says, Do you know what you have over here? You know, you have a death mask from something or another or whatever. And, you know, the thing is, the Bible has told us clearly, Don't get involved with detestable practices. That's why I get a little bit nervous about, you know, People go to foreign lands, and I've been to several, And when I pick up souvenirs, I want to know what I'm getting. (laughs) You know, I want to know. Because I don't want to, I don't want some kind of a, you know, demon to hitchhike along, you know, come home with me at the same time. Shamanism and medicine men. There are um, much alternative medicine and techniques is a cult in nature. I talked to a lot of, you know, Christians, a lot of people who were interested in. Um, in natural methods of health and healing and that sort of thing. And I'm interested in those things too. But I have found you have got to be careful because a lot of that stuff has gotten a cult root to it. And then when you tell people that, they get mad at you, they don't want to believe it. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, look at it. Not, I Personally, I think take some zinc, take some silver. I think that's perfectly acceptable. You know, God created those things. But there's some of that other stuff. You know, there are certain things you guys that love to get a massage. I'm one of them. you got to watch out with your massage therapist because some of them are using occult new age techniques. You know, there's something called Reiki, um, R-E-A-K-I, Rolfi, those are Those are massage techniques that are actually new age in practice. So don't get spooked about it. Just start asking God to show you if there's some place that you may have accidentally gotten involved. Another thing that is common um, is the concept of astral projection, where a person purports to have their spirit body leave their physical body and go and visit and do and, you know, come whatever. Um, Also, occult practices are talismans, good luck charms, horseshoes, rabbit's feet. Personally, I don't think the rabbit's foot was too lucky for the rabbit, right? (laughs) But there are sometimes, there are things that make their way into jewelry that we don't think a whole lot about. Um, You know, many, many years ago, when I was a teenager, they had a peace sign. Y'all know the peace sign? It's a circle that's got a broken cross inside of it. It's an occult symbol. They told us it meant peace. And so we were all kind of hippie wannabes. So we all, oh, peace, man, you know. But no, it's an occult symbol. It's also called as a witch's footprint. It's a symbol of a broken cross inside an iron circle, which the symbol is witchcraft is superior to Christianity is what the symbol is. Um, There are some things like that, you know, that we have just sometimes just accidentally got them because it was part of what we thought was pop culture. Anybody got an Italian horn? Those little silver things that people hang around their neck? Or how about an, an ox sign? It's an Egyptian symbol. It looks, um, it's like a cross with a loop in the top of it. It's an Egyptian occultic symbol, it has to do with, have to do with the uh, God of the dead and that kind of stuff. So, you know, personally, this is just my personal opinion, I don't like crosses. I just, I, mean, I don't, please don't buy me a gold cross to wear because I just won't wear it. And please don't buy me one to hang on my door because I just don't like them. To me, it's a religious symbol. And, you know, you can wear one, God bless you, that's for you, you know. That's fine, but for me, it's just not my cup of tea. And I think that in some cases, that some religious jewelry can become occultic. It can become just a little bit too much, you know, clinging to. Man, it's getting quiet in here. Okay, (laughs) another occult practice that's become rather common the last several years. How many of you have heard of A Course of Miracles? or Have you heard of Conversations with God? These are books and courses. You can go down to Barnes & Noble. they got them on the shelves right there. You know, the guy says he's had conversations with God. It's all New Age. It's all meant to pull you away from Jesus Christ. A Course in Miracles, I think that was um, Marion Williamson or someone. But these are, these are trainings in occult methodology. Another obvious occult practice is the use of a crystal ball or tarot cards, or I Ching. How many of you ever heard of I Ching? It's a fortune-telling method that uses little sticks. And it's also similar to an ancient practice that uses divination by arrows. It's the same thing of shaking out the rods or the arrows and how they land is supposed to mean, you know, this or that. It's occultic. What about right now in our society, all the talk about the goddess, goddess worship, or Gaia which is another uh, an occult name for Mother Earth. All of that, even the term Mother Earth, is an occult terminology. And it has to do, it goes way back to ancient heresy that says that, um, you know, the, the Mother Earth was the creator, not Father God. And this is why one reason when you're reading the New Testament and Paul is writing and he talks about. Um, I didn't look this up, so I don't have the reference in front of me. But he talks about how that the, um, the woman and the man for the man came first and not the woman. The reason he is going and preaching about the, the man came first, because he is refuting the goddess worship that was prevalent in the culture, where the church was being raised up. Because they had the idea that the woman came first and the man came out. And he says, no, God created Adam the man came first, and the woman came second. So that's a, that's a basic, you know, that's a basic tenet of New Age and pagan um, religion is goddess worship. What about transcendental meditation? We heard about this a lot the last 40 years. Uh, and also metaphysics. Metaphysics is a counterfeit to faith. Metaphysics, there are schools um, and churches. There are metaphysical churches. Just because something says it says church on the front, doesn't mean it's church, you know. Uh, Metaphysical churches are those who sound, it's like Christian science. It sounds kind of good. It sounds like God, but it's, it's off enough to be really wrong. Okay. Also, psychic readings, obviously. Past life regression. Folks, you get one life. Okay. This is it. And after that, the judgment, right? You don't get to come back two and three and four times or whatever. Another occult practice is Halloween. We're in a society that has become amazingly, increasingly preoccupied with Halloween. Um, I'm telling you, I have strong opinions about, about Halloween, and I really feel that it is the one holiday that celebrates death and destruction. It's the one holiday that teaches children to go demand bribes of strangers. And I I have a real problem with that. And if you look at the roots, you know, you go back to Druidism and all this kind of stuff. You know, and I believe, you know, if you want to, you know, pass out candy in your neighborhood and that sort of thing, do something redemptive with it. You know, do something redemptive. And that doesn't mean you drop a track in the bag of candy without the candy, That's a good way to make kids hate you, okay? (laughs) I'm serious. When I was a little kid, we went trick-or-treating because we didn't know, and everybody did it, and you knew who gave the good stuff and who didn't give the good stuff, you know? And then when my children were born, we didn't go trick-or-treating, but what I did was we turned it into family night. We went out to the store, and we bought them sacks of candy, And we just gorged in front of the TV with our friends. Hey, because I didn't want my kids to feel like they missed out on something. Because the next day, you know what happens? Everybody goes to school. Ooh, everybody's got all the good stuff, you know, they didn't eat last night. They bring it to school the next day. So I want to make sure my kids didn't miss out on anything. Do you know that God did the same thing with the feast for Israel? That when they came out of Egypt, they left behind Egypt holidays, and God says they got a whole new list of holidays for you. And it's to the feast when they came out. Isn't that great? So I think if you're, going to, you know, if you're not going to not participate in Halloween, and especially if you've got children, you need to do something else to make them not wish for Halloween activity. You know, I wanted to make sure that whatever I did or whatever our church did, our group did was far superior to what the rest of those guys did out there because I don't want there to be any envy going on. Okay, so that's my two cents or nickel or whatever for that. Okay, another common occult practice is Scientology. You know, that's the Hollywood religion and also secret societies, Secret societies, folks. We talked about Freemasonry quite some time ago. This is the Shriners, the Eastern Star. You've got the Job's Daughters. You've got many of the college fraternities and sororities and the things where people swore silence. I just got a big problem with all that secrecy. I really do. I, I tend to just blab it off. I'm just like, I don't want to keep a bunch of secrets, you know. I like, you know, Jesus said, what I tell you in secret, shout it from the housetop. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to find out stuff, and I'm going to just tell all y'all about it, you know. And I understand, I can keep a birthday secret, I can keep something like that. But, you know, this stuff to where in these societies, they divide husbands and wives. The husband can't tell the wife, the wife can't tell the husband. Folks, there's something really wrong with that. So secret societies are also very common in occult practices. So what about inside the church? You say, well, I didn't get involved in any of that stuff because, you know, even though it's very prevalent in our country, you say, but I'm a Christian. I've been one for a long time, so I don't get involved in those things. Well, unfortunately, we've got some occult practices on the inside of the church, and we'll see if you recognize any of these. One is idolatry of angels, including worshiping angels. I'm here to tell you, you walk in whatever bookstore They got umpteen little angel ornaments, umpteen little angel pins, and all these little angels are women, which you don't find that in the Bible. You've got people who, they do all this cutesy stuff, and if this is you, I'm not, I don't know, okay? I don't know if this applies to anybody, so don't say, all right? I don't know if this applies, but I'm saying that there is an emphasis upon angels that's not God. And it goes into intercession circles when they think they can command angels. You are not given authority to command angels. You're not given authority to have conversations with them either. They can come deliver a message to you, but you're not to go search them out and go look for them and command them to do stuff. No, we thank Father God that He has power to command His angels at His will. And we thank Him for sending them to minister on our behalf. Amen? But we have to watch that because there's some circles in the church they have gotten off on this. Alright, another aspect that you find in the church, occult practices, idolatry of diets, herbs, healing practices, doctors, and medicines. You know, I read in the book of Revelation, it talked about that it, there will come people who will forbid you to eat meat. You know, there are all kinds of movements now with, with the vegetarian, vegan stuff, you know. And I'm here to tell you, it's a cult and basis. If you want a steak, eat a steak, you know. <laughs> I'm
1: serious, you know?
0: <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if we start forbidding food to people, you can't have this and you can't have that. You know, Jesus declared all foods clean. Now, granted, there's a lot of stuff I don't want to eat. I'm here to tell you, I've been in other parts of the world. There's some stuff they eat I don't want to eat. I don't want to. But Jesus declared declared it to be clean. And when we start putting restrictions upon people, and how many of you know that some people get obsessed about you can't eat or you can't eat? Oh, we don't eat any carbs, we don't eat sugar, we don't eat any fat, we don't eat any this. And some people want to live on carrot juice, I guess. But, you know, when we start getting into a restrictive thing, I have known people that don't have normal, they don't eat normal food. They they don't eat normal food ever. They go out to a restaurant and they are agonizing because there's nothing they can eat on the menu. Folks, if that's where you are, you need healing and deliverance. You know what? The Bible says to eat what's set before you. You know, there are some times you haven't got a choice. Now, I agree that there are some things that got to be better tasting and better whatever for you. than Got to be better for you. Got to be. But there are people who have become all bound up in diet. There are people who are bound up in herbs. I take herbs. Y'all know that. Okay, But there are people that they have idolized the work that that herb is going to do in my body and as opposed to anything else. And they've done the same thing. Why do you need to pray? Why do you need to believe God for healing if all you got to do is take a couple of herbs? If all you got to do is take a couple of pills, get the doctor to write you a prescription, what's the difference? It's the same type of a thing. It's the same type of idolatry when we're looking to something besides God and His Word for our healing. Healing practices, the same thing. There are people who live and swear by saunas and, you know, high colonics or whatever. I mean, those things might all be good in their season at their time. But we're looking at idolatry, overemphasis of those things. Um, If we are involved in a long-term use of drugs to maintain ourselves, It is an attempt to bypass the penalty of the curse. And it's artificial without taking responsibility. For example, there again, this is grace-based, folks. No condemnation, okay? If your stomach hurts because you are eat up with fear over what's going to happen over the job, You can go in there, you can take a tranquilizer, you can drink some Pepto-Bismol, you can do whatever, you can take something or you can deal with the root of what's going on inside of you, right? I've heard more than one person say, I don't like to take pills, I don't like to take stuff. I think that's great, I don't like to take it either. and I'm not condemning anybody who is taking it, but I'm saying if you've got a long-term pattern and you may have a legitimate prescription from your doctor, Maybe it's for high blood pressure because it's very, very common in the church. But the thing is, where does faith stop? Are we going to just take a a pill every day or are we going to get a hold of God and say, God, what is going on inside of me that I need this pill? Having said that, please don't take yourself off of your prescription medications. Let your doctor take you off. And as you are getting your spiritual roots dealt with and as you get healed, see if he will allow you to lower your dosage because if you have been taking pills and medication for a long time your body is addicted to them it's very used to them and if you suddenly stop taking medication your body's going to be thrown into withdrawal and if you're in withdrawal you are not going to be a fun person to live with for one thing it's not going to be any fun so instead of that Work on your roots, believe God for your healing, and work with your doctor and let him gradually lower your doses. Does that sound like wisdom to you? You see, because when you have dealt with your roots and when you are healed, you won't need that medicine anymore. You won't need it. And that's where I'd rather you be, where you didn't need it, rather than you thought, well, if I was really in faith, I'd stop taking it. That's not faith, that's presumption, right? If you're really in place of faith... You're going to believe God that the time is coming where you don't need that anymore. Amen. Praise God. All right. Also in the church, we see idolatry of pastors, idolatry of the Pope, idolatry of statues. These are all occult in nature. Idolatry of money, position profession or IQ or things, even idolatry of a house, idolatry of children, any type of idolatry, something that stands between us and the Lord. If it's that job, if that's that position, if, even if it's a ministry position, if it stands between us and the Lord, it's idolatry and it's a cult that needs to go. Also, occult practices are false prophecy. Now, because we believe in prophecy and we practice all of that, there are some times, folks, over the years, I've gotten a zinger. I've gotten one or two myself. I knew that was not God. That was just flat. Not God, you know. But it was an occult thing that was trying to come in. I even remember one time when um, I was a teenager and I had met this guy. We lived by a lake. And so I met this guy, and we were just strike up a conversation, just talking. And within a short period of time, he told me that his mother was the fortune teller. In the little house down the street, you know, that they were gypsies or something, and the mother was the fortune teller. And, and as I sat there with him, I said, Oh, really? And then he started to prophesy to me, began to try to tell me things about my future. Something was going to happen, you know. And I'm thinking, Okay, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's like even at that point, because I wasn't even spirit filled at that point, at that point, I knew this is not God, this is just some guy. Trying to tap into some kind of realm, but this is not God. False prophecy. Okay, also manipulation. Manipulation as well as intimidation and domination. Manipulation happens in families. Children try to manipulate their parents. Wives, many times, try to manipulate their husbands. And husbands, many times, try to intimidate and dominate Their wives or their children. You see it in the church where you've got somebody who is a powerful influencer inside the church, tries to intimidate, tries to dominate or control, and to try to get their will done. When we're trying to force our will through sneaky underhandedness, folks, it's got to go. Let's just learn to be honest with one another and just be direct. Y'all aren't getting it. Let me give you a hint, let me give you an example. Sometimes we want somebody to do something, so we try to appeal to them in a manipulative way. Like, for example, making them feel guilty. Making them feel guilty so they will do for us the thing we want them to do. Instead of making them feel guilty, why don't we just be straightforward and say, this is what I'd like for you to do for me. Would you take out the trash? Not that my feelings will be hurt and I'll cry all night if you don't, you know. But just be direct about what we'd like from people. But you know what? Lots of people aren't used to people who are direct. Have you all noticed that too? And in churches sometimes, even from the pulpit, um, you have sometimes preaching or intercessors, prophetic words, sometimes they'll use fears and threats to manipulate and intimidate people. You know, if you leave this church, you'll be cursed. If you leave out of here, you know, you never know what's going to happen to you. You'll never serve God again, blah, blah, blah. That's fears and threat that is a way to manipulate people. Another thing inside the church that is occultic is the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. I know. There again, you don't have to deprive your kids of anything. You know? Our kids never believed in the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus, never. And so we would just make a big joke out of the whole thing. Well, the Easter Bunny is going to come, you know, (laughs) and whoops, I'm the Easter Bunny and stuff like that. And so our kids always did. I remember one time, you know, being, my kids telling me, don't forget to get the Easter Bunny stuff out tonight, you know. (laughs) You know, they knew, you know. But, you know, the same thing with Santa Claus. We always told our kids, you know, Santa Claus is just an imaginary creature. You know, it's not really true. And Mommy and Daddy buy all that stuff. You know, our kids never felt betrayed. I mean, nothing. I remember one time being in the checkout counter in December somewhere at the store. And, you know, I think Sarah was about four or five years old. And the cashier says, so, honey, what's Santa Claus going to bring you for Christmas? And she looked at me like, doesn't she know? Because <laughs> she was so, nothing. <laughs> there is no Santa Claus, can't bring him. You know, and there are people, you may have family members who tell you you're depriving your kids if you don't teach them lies. But I'm here to tell you, if you teach your children lies when they're five, six, seven years old, what makes you think they're going to believe you when, you know, you're trying to tell them the truth at 15? They'll remember you lied to me about this, and you lied, and the tooth fairy too. You lied to me about all that stuff, so what do you mean miracles are real? What do you mean Jesus is the Son of God? What do you mean? You know what? We're either going to be honest or not. So I just assume, you know, we just don't tell our kids lies. Isn't that great? Okay, Christian cults also as Mormons, people that try to pass themselves off as Christian. Sometimes in the church, we see people using scripture or prayers as a mantra. For example, we all know that the Bible says that by his stripes that I am healed. A mantra is something that you repeat over and over and over and over again. Didn't Jesus say something about not pray with vain repetition? Repeating it over and over again, trying to make something happen. By his stripes I'm healed. 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 Try to kick healing into gear. Folks, that's not faith. That's works, and it's a cult in its nature. You know, it's the occultists that think that they repeat themselves often enough the gods will hear. And Jesus told us not to pray like that. Alright. Also, occult activities are a doctrine of devils. Doctrines of devils are the teaching of Satan. Some of the doctrines of devils that you find in the church are things like um, healings not for today. That's a doctrine of devil. That's certainly not a godly teaching. There's also counterfeit doctrines. Things are taught to us by other men. People don't have things that sound kind of good, but they're really not true, they're really not accurate, and lots of people buy into them. Counterfeit doctrines, you know, that's why we need to know what the Bible says for ourselves. We can search it out, and we can compare everything in the light of the scripture. Another spirit that's behind, um, a, a spirit that's occultic is legalism. Legalism, to where if you, you know, don't, if you know you're a woman, you can't cut your hair, and you can't. Wear slacks, you can't wear makeup, and you must do this and you must do that. That's all legalism, and it's a cult because it brings people into bondage. And then the spirit of error, which we find in the church. We find in churches that we've heard sad stories about churches that seemed to be really good for a while, and then they got this little bit of a weird doctrine. And then next thing you know, there was disaster that happened because of it. We've heard of stories like that. You know, the, Did you know that every cult started out as something legitimate in the beginning? Isn't that sad? It started out good, but something got way off. How many of you remember what happened with Jim Jones? It's been, what, 30-something years ago. Jim, she knows exactly. Exactly because she was there. That's right. That's the country she grew up in. Mm -hmm. I was close. I knew it was about 30 years ago. So the thing is, he started out with a church in California started out good started getting weird 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 strange went over to took a bunch of people over to guyana they wound up having a mass suicide it made a horrible horrible thing that happened people were deceptive they were so deceived and the thing is that when you look back over cases like that you're like why could people how could they be so blind how could they just do drink the poison Kool-Aid because a guy told him to. I mean, how could they do that? But you know what? Deception works in stages. And it was over a period of time that he just kept manipulating, controlling, and wound up. And it was an occult thing. And he got up saying he was a messiah and all this stuff. You know, I mean, you know, there's a big guy in Brazil right now says he's a messiah. There's a bunch of this kind of stuff going on. And that's why you and I need to know what the Bible says. Jesus said there's going to be a lot of people saying, I am the Christ. I am the Christ. Well, y'all should be relieved. I am not the Christ. <laughs> That's all right. Neither are you. Okay. <laughs> Outside the fact that we have been anointed by the Lord, as, as far as anointed of the Lord. Okay. Characteristics of occult bondage and influence. How do you know if you might be experiencing occult activity in your life? What's going on inside of you? What is the effect of that? Number one is deep confusion. If there is massive, deep confusion, also hatred of God, distrust of God. If you're unable to sleep, if you have night torments or night terrors, there can be an occult root behind that. Hostility, aggression, and conflict. If you have fear of authority, you're always afraid that somebody is going to treat you wrong if they're in charge. Fear of relationships, impatience, control of others, suspicion, frustration, insanity. Depression, oppression, tormenting thoughts, certain types of pain, especially in the central nervous system, pain that moves from one place to another, feelings of isolation, out-of-body experiences, feelings of accusation against others and self, division makers, troublemakers, fear, obsessions, inability to hear God's voice, and falling asleep in church. (laughs) <laughs> Everybody perked up. <laughs> Falling asleep in church is the evidence of occult activity. Falling asleep while reading your Bible. Now, I'm not talking about you got no sleep last night. I'm saying you slept fine, and you're fine until you get to church, or you're fine until you open your Bible, and next thing you know, you're snoozing off. That is an occult spirit. It's a spirit of slumber that does not want you to hear from God, and so it'll make you sleepy. Um Occult spirits also cause rebellion, stubbornness, disobedience to God's Word as a chronic activity. You just can't seem to do the right thing. Remember when God, uh, Paul wrote the Galatians? He said, who has bewitched you that you should depart from obeying the truth? If you just have a very hard time obeying the Word of God, I mean, it's a real struggle for you. There's probably an occult spirit at work that's working to keep you from doing so. Also, if you lose interest in attending church lose interest in reading the Word, it's an occult spirit. They don't want you in church. They don't want you reading the Word of God, okay? Also, can, um, if you have an inability to develop a prayer relationship with God, it can be because of occult influence. Another um, symptom is frequent accidents or injuries. And especially if you've got Freemasonry in your background, there's a lot of times accidents or being accident-prone follows that because it's an occult thing. You see, occult is all about death and destruction. It's all about separating you from God, trying to get you to shut down, isolate, where you can't hear what God is saying. If you, In your physical body, problems with your eyes, problem with your ears. If you get headaches like a band around your head, this is occult in nature. If you have um, throat problems, many times throat problems are due to Freemasonry. And the reason for that, if you'll remember, is because of the noose that they tie around your neck in the ritual. Um, Insanity, also foggy brain system syndrome. Getting spaced out, can't concentrate, poor memory. These things can all be occult. You can't talk or you're you're trying to talk and all of a sudden you go blank. You know, this can be an occult thing. Electromagnetic sensitivity. If you have an unusual sensitivity, you can't be around computers and televisions and things like that, it can be occult in basis multiple chemical sensitivity, environmental illness. This is when people are allergic to everything. If you find, understand, if you're allergic to just one or two things, it might just be fear, anxiety, and stress. But if you've got a long list of things you're allergic to, there's probably an occult spirit back there in your family line, in your generations. We have seen um, we've seen a lot of people who have had Multiple chemical sensitivities, when they dealt with the fear and dealt with the occult, they would drop 10 or 15 of those sensitivities at a shot. Isn't that great? It's not like just overcoming one at a time, but drop 10 or 15. And all of a sudden, you know, I've heard testimonies of people who all of a sudden they could walk outside, fresh paint didn't bother them, smoke from the factory didn't bother them, the neighbor's cat didn't bother them, I mean, you know, nothing bothered them anymore because of dealing with these roots. Okay, Um, I already mentioned pain that moves around, and also if you have a need to know. You know, sometimes we talk about people are just kind of nosy or busybody, but if you find this real strong curiosity that you really want to know everything that's going on, you know, just that need to know, you can't drop it, it could be an occult spirit that's behind it. Generational cultism can come in. You may not have been guilty of any of this stuff, but you might have the symptoms because it came down through your family line. If you've got false religions in your past, including if you've got Catholicism in your past, because all Catholics are not Christian, many of them are pagans because they just worship the statues and they worship the rituals, but they don't really have a relationship with Lord. If you've got false religions in your past, you could have occult things going on. If you've got Freemasonry, and if you're in the south you've got Freemasonry <laughs> and and drug use if there if you've got drug use in your family line the background this could also be an occult spirit that's behind that an occult spirit combined with an unloving spirit is behind addictions because it's trying to it's working with the wounding that the un, that the unloving spirit brings into and then with the um, with the desire for the other experiences coming out of the addictions. How many of you think that there might be a little bit of occultism in your family line? Maybe somebody up or down there, maybe yourself, may have some of this in there. So, we are going to get tough with these spirits, and we're going to get rid of them. Now, as I'm going to read through this list, obviously I can't read through thousands of things. But as I read through the list, if I don't cover something that you've already identified, then we get to renounce it. You just renounce it on your own. You go ahead and just renounce whatever, because we just want—we don't want there to be anything hanging around that God has revealed that needs to go. Amen. All right, so feel free to close your books and settle in, and we're going to pray and repent. Hallelujah! Go repent and get some healing tonight. Amen. Amen amen. Hallelujah. First of all, I just want to say one more time, no condemnation for whatever you've done, or if you're on medication right now, no condemnation to you. I just want you healed, okay? All right, we're all a work in progress. Nobody here has got 100% right, so let's pray. Father God, Father God. I take responsibility amen. In my generations, in my generations on, both sides of my family, on both sides of my family, for spirits of occultism, for spirits of occultism and I renounce it. And I, renounce it. I, repent for lies, I repent for believing lies, and I tear down negative words. And I, tear down negative words. I, cancel the I cancel the assignments of every evil spirit. That was, loose because of them. that was loose because of them. I renounce. I renounce. Enchantments. Enchantments. Rituals. Rituals. Charms. Charms. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Wizardry. Wizardry. Spiritism. Spiritism. Sorcery. Sorcery. Pharmacia. Pharmacia. Soothsaying. Soothsaying. Divination. Divination. Necromancy. Necromancy. prognostication, Prognostication. magic, Magic. idolatry of angels, angels. commanding of angels, angels. idolatry of diets, diets. herbs, Herbs. healing practices, practices. doctors, Doctors. and medicines, medicines. idolatry of pastors, pastors. the Pope, Pope. Statues. statues, Idolatry of, money, Idolatry of money, position, position profession, profession, IQ, IQ or, things. or things. I renounce, I renounce false prophecy, false manipulation, manipulation, intimidation, intimidation domination, 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 fears and threats used to manipulate. Fears and threats used to manipulate. Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Claus. Christian cults such as Mormons. Mormons. Using scripture or prayers as a mantra. mantra. Doctrine of devils. devils. Counterfeit doctrine. doctrine. Legalism. Legalism. And the spirit of error. error. I ask for forgiveness. forgiveness. And that the curse be broken. in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Lazarus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I set aside the strong man of occultism. I take authority and I cast out the spirits of enchantments, rituals, and charms, witchcraft, wizardry, and spiritism, sorcery, and pharmacia. I cast out soothsaying, divination, necromancy, prognostication, and magic. I cast out the idolatry of angels and commanding of angels. I cast out the idolatry of diets, herbs, healing practices, doctors, and medicines. I cast out the idolatry of pastors, the Pope, and statues. I cast out the idolatry of money, position, Profession, IQ, or things. I cast out false prophecy. I cast out manipulation, intimidation, and domination. I cast out fears and threats used to manipulate. I cast out the spirits behind Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. I cast out the spirits behind Christian cults, such as Mormons. I cast out the spirits behind using Scripture or prayers as a mantra. I cast out the spirits behind doctrine of devils counterfeit doctrine, legalism, and I cast out the spirit of error in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I speak to the strong man of occultism, and I say that your power is broken, and I command you to loose your hold upon this people now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You go. Your power is broken. We have repented. We have turned away. We have confessed our sin. You will go from us now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Is everybody doing okay? If you're not, hold your hand up. If you're struggling or not, okay, hold your hand up. All right. All right. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Father God, I ask right now that you would infill us with your love. Right now, Father God, pour your love into us. Lord, I ask for healing and creative miracles. Father, I speak healing to the eyes, healing to the ears, healing to the throat and the head, to the brain, to the thinking processes. I speak healing for electromagnetic sensitivity, multiple chemical sensitivity, environmental illness, and healing for pain in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, right now, I ask, Lord, that every place where the occult spirits have caused damage, have caused wounding, that you would pour in by your spirit and by your love and make us whole in every place. In Jesus' name, I command the assignment of headaches to be broken in the name of Jesus. I command that band around the head to be broken and to be loosed in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare that we are free. From the spirit of pharmakia, I declare our dependence and addictions in Jesus' name are broken in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare these powers are broken in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord God. Oh, Father God, flood us in with your love. We thank you, Lord God, for your forgiveness. We thank you, Lord God, that you have cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And I ask also, Father God, that you would continue, Lord, to work with us and by the Holy Spirit to identify other things within us that need to change, that need to let go, and bring us forth, Father God, into a place of holiness, sanctification, wholeness, and freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit Church or additional teaching CDs or training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you.